Hello, I'm Kenny Smith, and this is The Best Story I've Heard Today, a podcast for news junkies. We know you can't possibly see all of the great content being produced, so we're bringing you a story that you might have otherwise overlooked. Our guests each day tell us about the best story they've found today, and today we're pleased to welcome Robert Quigley, a journalism professor and the director of the Journalism Innovation Program at the University of Texas, Austin. Rob, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Kenny. I'm excited. Tell us about the story you found today. Tell us why the rest of us should read it as well. So this is uh, my normal morning habit of flipping through the Washington Post and New York Times app. I uh, ran into an intriguing headline, Ben Carson or the Tale of the Disappearing Cabinet Secretary. And it intrigued me because uh, I haven't heard anything about Ben Carson in a year, uh, or very little anyway, and apparently no one else has either. And this is a really interesting story because he's uh, obviously a cabinet-level uh, department head. He is uh, a former front-runner for the uh, GOP nomination for president. Uh, he was a Fox News contributor. I mean, he was in the news. And for a year now, he's been very, very quiet, leading a department that a lot of people really you know, don't think he's a good fit for. And even he, I, I imagine he himself would have said he wasn't a good fit for uh, a couple years ago. And in fact, uh, before he accepted the uh, position, uh, he made it known that he wasn't really qualified to lead any federal agency because of lack of experience. And yet he took it on, uh, he's doing it, uh, and we're not sure exactly what he's doing over there at the Housing and Urban Development Department. Uh, so it, it, was, it was a fascinating read. It's a really good story by Ben Terrace in the Washington Post. Uh, it leads off with a kind of interesting uh, anecdote about Ben Carson at a Christmas party, uh, talking to um, you know a group of friends and supporters and people who are connected to HUD, and he's talking about the apocalypse. He's talking about the possibility of North Korea launching a nuke into the U.S. atmosphere and basically shutting down everything electronic in the United States, creating an apocalyptic world. Uh, he talks about how we're more divided than ever. And that reminds him of the movie Independence Day, which I, I'm not sure I fully understand. Uh, he talks about uh, how if we only just all got along, uh, we could avoid this, you know, apocalyptic future. And he's like, he's talking about like Jews and Arabs and uh, you know Republicans and Democrats uh, when he talks about that. Uh, he's in a position that uh, you know was founded in the '60s as part of FBJ's Great Society uh, to give government more of a role in taking care of people who have needs. And he's built his entire career on the opposite of that, that you should be able to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, that the government doesn't really have a philanthropic role, that uh, they shouldn't anyway. And yet here he is with uh, uh, departments in charge of 1.2 million housing units, uh, subsidizing mortgages for poor folks, and uh, fighting housing discrimination. Uh, so, so just a really fascinating story all the way through. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to talk about it some more because I just found it a really great read. What did you learn about uh, Ben Carson, the politician, from this profile? Well, that he's a contradiction. You know, he, he uh, although he has spent his entire career, as I said, really fighting for uh, uh, the government to get out of helping people and more into uh, teaching them how to fish instead of giving them the fish, uh, has become kind of an advocate for not cutting the Housing and Urban Development Department, which is uh, pretty strange. Uh, the Trump administration wanted to cut, you know, six billion dollars out of a forty-seven billion dollar budget. Uh, he fought against that, saying that if we if we did that, uh, you know, it will hurt the poor. In fact, his uh, good friend, um, 
Armstrong Williams, who uh, has been with them a long time and is a conservative commentator, said uh, the thing that looms largest for Carson is that if uh, if the budget is cut for the most feeble among us, uh, he'll leave. He's talking about um, Carson leaving. He would leave his post if they cut it that hard. Uh, so it, it's a little strange. Uh, early on in his uh, in his tenure at the at HUD, he um, he com- he made news a little bit by saying that one uh, public housing complex was a little too nice. Uh, he also made news for getting stuck in an elevator at another one. Uh, other than that, the only time he's even made headlines is uh, basically trying to moderate some of the things Trump says, especially on race, uh, by just saying it's not helpful in public statements. Uh, but as far as uh, as far as what I've learned about him is that you know he's in a position that he you know that just does not make any sense, and uh, he's basically kind of relying on the swamp a little bit, despite uh, the rhetoric of wanting to drain the swamp. In these contexts of positions and how a person fits or doesn't fit in them, I get a theme here that there might be something of a somewhat of an evolution. Do you pick up on that as well in terms of the the person who's leading an agency here? I think it's pretty hard not to have some kind of evolution. I mean, when you have employees under you and when you see how an, a department really does affect things, and I think this is kind of a parallel to like Rick Perry, uh, who, who said we should do away with the Department of Energy and now is leading it. Uh, I think there's, there's just, uh, until you experience something, it's hard to know the usefulness of mm-hmm. it, especially when saying something's not useful fits into your political rhetoric. And then you get, you know, on the ground and see what it's really like. And you're like, well, you know, there's 0.2 million housing units here. And these people really need this. I could imagine that it, uh, that reality changes your, uh, your view at least a little. Um, you know, I, I don't think Ben Carson's uh, suddenly a, a liberal or anything like that. Uh, but I do think he sees the realities of uh, what his department does and, and where it is needed. That's a nice attribute to have, particularly if you come into a position and, and your experience is wholly different, as is the case here. I want to talk very quickly, Robert, about your experience. You've been in front of a few journalism classrooms. I suspect you've probably taught about profile writing before. I had to go back and read it twice to find the element that turned the story from that apocalyptic lead into the actual profile part. That was pretty artfully done, do you think? It was, and so yeah, we spent a decent amount of time talking about how it's like the move to the purge, and it could be like that all the time, or uh, that you know we're we're stuck in this kind of movie world of a, a terrible future. In fact, they they talk about how tr- how he and uh, Carson in 2014 said we may not even have a presidential election in 2016 because he was worried the world was coming to an end or something like that. But then it you know the the way that the writer was able to transition that into more of a story about where he's at now is uh, to talk about how uh, now he is, you know, in the power that he's in, he's using common sense, which is what he, you know, he argued that he would use. You know, he was an outsider who would promise common sense. And so they they kind of made that transition. It was was still a little abrupt, but I think only because the lead is so abrupt. And so it's a a tough transition, but, you know, if I was the editor, I would tell the writer, yes, I think you still lead with that because it's a it's a telling anecdote about, uh, you know, kind of a, a strange and interesting character. There's a quote in here from the previous HUD secretary who's describing what we see as benign neglect in the program. Based on the anecdotes we've seen uh, from this profile, do you think that evolves as well? Yeah, a little. I mean, I think the writer is, is almost as confused as the reader would be at the end, because, uh, and that's okay because uh, it's a, he's a confusing character in a lot of ways. And so there is some benign neglect, but then there's also not, because he's you know fighting to keep the cuts from happening. 
Uh, there's not an obvious direction. In fact, the writer at one point says it's unclear whether he's clearing out the chaos or, or causing it. And, and it, it really is unclear. And it's partly because he's a very quiet person, uh, both in the literal sense that, you know, he, he can't be heard more than 10 feet away from him. And also in the sense that he hasn't been uh, publicizing anything that HUD's really been doing. Uh, and so, you know, in fact, there's a there's a decent part of the story where it talks about uh, he goes into his office with his, his wife and his son and and just nobody knows what they're doing in there. In fact, uh, you know, lawyers uh, that were worried about lawyers with the department were worried that there may have been some ethics violations if, you know, you get too close uh, with your family making decisions. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange, you know, kind of contradiction throughout the story, and I don't think it really gets very clear as to what the answer really is there. It more raises questions than answers them, but in an intriguing fashion. So uh, I think it works pretty well. Now, you know, HUD, HUD is a, uh, has been at times a very important post. I mean, we're talking about uh, the 12th or 13th in line for assistance for the presidency, which isn't, you know, that close, obviously, but it's cabinet level. And it's, it's had people like Henry Cisneros and Julian Castro, uh, you know, HUD secretaries and, you know, Jack Kemp. So we're talking about, uh, you know, relatively high profile people, a relatively high profile department and uh, basically a year of notes coming out of it. The article is Ben Carson or the tell of the disappearing cabinet secretary. As Robert said, it is an intriguing read. We've got links to that story from the Washington Post and links for Robert below the audio player. You can check all of that out and please do so there. Robert Quigley, journalism professor and director of the Journalism Innovation Program at University of Texas at Austin. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is the best story I've heard today. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll share it with others. Thanks for listening. We look forward to sharing stories with you again very soon. I'm Kenny Smith. Hey, thanks again for listening to the best story I've heard today. And here's a bit more news for you. You can hear this show on our host site, podbean.com. But the best story I've heard today is also syndicated now on sites like Stitcher and Google Play. Just go to those sites and search the best story I've heard today. You can find us on podbean.com, on Stitcher, and on Google Play. The best story I've heard today.